Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome to the Bipolar DM Podcast. I am your host, Jason. This is a show about Dungeons & Dragons, indie writing, and living with a mental illness, in particular bipolar disorder, major depression, as well as other diagnosis. If you have a question, comment, or a suggestion for topics, you can email me at thebipolardm at gmail.com, or you can visit my webpage, thebipolardm.com, and you'll find links to uh, previous podcasts I've had, as well as other live shows and resources uh, that are available there, too. In today's show, we're going to be talking a little bit or talking a bit about uh, within my recovery and the aftermath of depression, the um, the effects of um, how the extreme moods that I feel and are feeling uh, going through right now can quickly uh, um, warp my sense of uh, perceiving things and what is reality or what is really going on. Not a psychotic disconnect, you know, where I don't, you know, where I have a complete break from reality in of itself, but more like my interpretation of what a situation is or what's going on. Uh, That can be heavily skewed by the intensity of the emotions that flood, uh, flood through my brain and uh, how I react to that too. And oftentimes uh, it's a, a knee-jerk reaction that I have. And you know, 99 times out of 100, it's usually the wrong impression right out the get-go. And it, it's very common with uh, m- many of us with, uh, with uh, this kind of illness to have a um, very black or white, white, right or wrong, you know, thinking, you know, it's one way or the other. And one thing is very important to me to do as far as uh, not letting my emotions override logic and the situation is to take a step back and remind myself that life is not black and white. It is shades of gray and that every situation has nuances and context surrounding it and that I can't just pluck something out and go with it uh, for whatever interpretation that I have. Uh, Recently, I had discussed that um, my doc had given me a bump in medication on my antidepressants, which has been great because it has helped me kind of get out of the fuckets that I've been suffering from for the last couple months um, you know, a very uh, flat effect of my personality, you know, just totally emotionless. 
However, with the increase of medication, it's kind of like a double-edged sword. Not only am I running the risk uh, with the antidepressants of uh, having a manic episode, which is which often happens, but that um, you know I start feeling again. And the problem with that is that I start feeling again. And a lot of the emotions that I had not been, not necessarily been suppressing, but had been going without, um, are now greatly intensified uh, within my mind and in, you know, within me. And that intensity, you know, will very easily just knock what I perceive as reality out of whack. Um, you know, it's a perfect example of something that happened two days ago in which I was in a uh, text conversation with a friend and they used a, an abbreviation that I wasn't familiar with. So I sent them a question mark. They replied with, I'm, and I'm busy with, with busy in all capital letters. Now, under etiquette, you know, you would consider that yelling, you know, or shouting and not very, um, you know, it's kind of rude to do, but that was not the intent. However, in my charged emotional state, I did take that as I had did something wrong. I had pissed her off and she was yelling at me when that was not the case at all. Uh, especially considering the greater context of our conversation and our relationship in general. And so because uh, my emotions have blown things so far out of proportion as far as thinking, you know, total doom and gloom, she hates me, she's mad at me, she doesn't want to have anything to do with me kind of crap, um, I had to take a step back and stop myself from making any kind of reply uh, afterwards to her text until I was able to settle my emotions down. And, you know, with that, you know, it's not like five or 10 minutes. Sometimes it's a day or more uh, in some instances to get things back in check. And so instead of talking to her, I decided to go ahead and write a blog as far as what everything is that I was feeling, experiencing, and remembering at that time. And so, you know, I talked a lot about my childhood and a lot of the stuff that I went through uh, growing up. And then the next day, you know, I had a complete like 180 degree uh, perspective view of what happened the day before. I w it wasn't emotionally charged. It was a little bit more logical. I was able to take things in context and, and realize that I, you know, I had so blown things out of proportion based on no evidence whatsoever to support my thesis. You know, I thought she was mad at me based on that one text and how it was um, presented to me. And I had nothing else to support that she had any reason to be upset with me or that I did anything wrong or anything like that. And I decided to go ahead and write a second blog in regards to the first one, kind of a comparison and contrast of how quickly uh, our, our, our emotions can cause us to flip on somebody and flip on a situation and then flip back. And then I, so I was able to write, you know, more coherently and less emotionally charged uh, the interpretation of what had happened the day before and also my rea emotional reaction to it, too. And it was just really interesting for me to look at how extreme I went from one end of the spectrum to the other and just less than 24 hours in documenting it, you know, in my blog, you know. 
And this is very common for me. This is my daily life. You know, it's it's as if monkeys are in charge of fire hydrants controlling, you know, where my emotions are flowing from. And they're turning shit on at full blast at random times. And it's a lot to handle. Uh, that extreme, that intensity of emotions all the time. And in especially the ups and downs, you know, and, and, and in most cases, it's the downs. It's not often that I have positive th uh, thoughts or feelings about myself or how I think people perceive me. Uh, oftentimes, the majority of times, it's almost always a negative. I always think the negative, that they're thinking the worst of me or have the worst opinion of me. And a lot of that's not necessarily because it was unfounded, but, you know, it's not that not true. But from horribly abusive, mentally abusive people in my life growing up who um, absolutely destroyed um, my self-esteem, my self-worth and everything like that and hammered me down for years and years. And I'm not talking about like, you know, my dad or adults. I'm talking about like other kids and classmates in school. I mean, the brutality of 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 the treatment that I suffered at the hands of all these kids and and all the schools I went to growing up, you know, the 14 different schools. It was horrific. Um and and it did have a lasting effect on me even to this day. I'm 46 years old. I mean, it's been 30 years now, all about, just about. And even still to this day, shit still bothers me from way back then. I still think about, you know, the things bullies have done to me and the frustration that they probably never in their life gave it a second thought ever again of what they have done to me. And and the unfairness of it all but really you know the past is the past and part of you know my recovery is changing the way I think not just about um you know how the past unfolded and how the present is but that the past really does not have to have a stranglehold over my present situation I don't need to be a slave or prisoner to it anymore. That I can learn to let go and to back away from those horrid memories, you know, work through them through therapy and stuff like that, but no longer let them rule me or control the way I think or how I think people feel about me. And and some of that, you know, it, it's a combination of uh, working through, you know, uh, you know, with medication and therapy, but also changing the way I think through uh, stoicism and cognitive behavioral therapy and similar uh, techniques and some coping mechanisms as well, positive coping mechanisms. So that, you know, when, you know, in the case of what happened the other day, instead of responding knee jerk, the wrong response, you know, uh, to the text message, I took a step back and I vented in a in a manner that wasn't destructive or accusatory or anything like that, but more exploring why it is I feel the way I do and not because it was what somebody had said to me, but that it had triggered deeper emotions that are below the surface that are always there uh, constantly and that bubble up all, uh, all too often. And so, you know, part of 
you know, that reality check that I do is, is just taking a step back, stepping back and looking at the bigger picture of what's going on and what's really going on with me in particular. Why am I feeling this way? Why am I acting or reacting to this? Especially when there is no supporting evidence that, you know, something actually is wrong or that I've done something wrong. And so I got to remind me that, remind myself that, What's going on is only an, an impression. It's not reality. It's just an impression of what I think is going on or feel is what's going on. It does not need to define anything. And it should just stay that way as an impression until further evidence or discussion reveals otherwise. And so reminding myself of that, 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 the, that my viewpoint is just an impression. It's not reality. You know, helps me also just take a step back and realize that um, maybe I'm not looking at it the right way and that it'd be best if I take a cool off period and come at it at a different angle. And, you know, and if there is any supporting evidence to, you know, whatever it is I'm, I'm thinking is going on. Waiting before speaking, you know, and, and this is something that I've been doing only recently a lot more, uh, or actually at all, really has saved my ass more than a few times in, in, in reacting the wrong way. And taking that cooling off period before replying and resisting that overwhelming urge that often happens with me with bipolar of that, I've got to talk to him now. I got to resolve this now. We got to fix this now when it is not a right now kind of situation. It's not a right now kind of problem. It's a, you need to cool off and wait and let's see what reality says uh, uh, the next day. Um, really, there's few things that are going on in my life right now that are so life and death that I have to have an immediate conversation about them or else everything's going to go to hell in a handbasket. I mean, my life is not like that anymore. And so... I do have the ability or the opportunity and the responsibility to remind myself of that, that I can stop, take a break, take a breather, and come at this at a different way and explore the deeper things that are influencing why I think the way I do. You know, and another part, you know, with stoicism, you know, stoicism is not a end all, fix it, like everything, like medication, all that, you know, it's just a tool among many. And it's a framework of thinking and organizing your thoughts in such a way that extreme emotions like that will have little to no influence on your decision-making process. Now, it's not the removal of emotions or the ignoring emotions or, or anything like that. You know, you acknowledge what you're thinking, but you try as best as you can with what you have to make a decision that is based on logic and reality and not so pushed left or right or up and down by extreme emotions. And, and also part of, of that framework with Stoicism is the understanding and realization that there are some things that are within my control and there's a lot of things that are outside of my control. And those things that are outside of my control, because I cannot influence them, uh, if at all, 
I should not be devoting so much time obsessing and worrying about it. I'm not saying living in la-la land and totally acting as if it didn't happen, but that I do not need to pile on more suffering and pain upon myself in addition to whatever it is that has triggered me, you know, and, you know, and oftentimes nothing's happened. It's entirely a problem about my own imagination and making and, and, you know, having that and the ability to step back and to remind myself again and again that it's just an impression. It's not reality. Give it some time. Let's cool off. You know, don't react. Don't act out. You know, don't do any of those things. Remember what's in your control. And really the only thing that is truly within my control is how I, uh, my perspective and uh, how I act and react to uh, a situation, you know, my actions, those, and, you know, and I have responsibility of my past actions too, you know, but, you know, the past is still the past. And even that, you know, things that I have done, even though I'm responsible for them, I can't let them um, just drive me down because I can't control what has happened in the past. And, and for most people, you know, the idea that um, you could step away from your emotions and, you know, with, with logic and stuff like that and, and all that, you know, it's, as much as I'd love to make it sound like that's how it works, it really isn't. I'm still fighting those notions tooth and nail as I interpret reality. And um, but to, you know, to kind of take that step back and not let it override me or to warp my perspective. You know, that's that's the greatest thing that that is so challenging with mental illness is how it just twists reality or what's going on. So that you can't even trust your instincts. You can't trust what you see or hear or think. And when you can't trust yourself, I mean, how can you trust anybody else? How can you believe that somebody has the best intentions for you or really cares about you when you're thinking the worst possible things about yourself and, you know, humanity around you in general? And so, you know, realizing and reminding myself that I cannot allow myself to just obsess and uh, eat away um, things that I cannot control, such as other people's opinions, uh, what they think of me, my reputation, you know, and stuff like that. I mean, I can do some influencing on my reputation, but really, I can't change it. I can't make people look at me in a different way. And so, you know, those are the things that are still out of my control, and I shouldn't worry about them. And I shouldn't also worry about, um, you know, whether or not, you know, I'm upsetting somebody or offending somebody when, you know, I really do go out of my way to be very polite and respectful to everybody I talk to, you know, for the most part. Um, and that, you know, I should not be taking things so personally when they really have nothing to do with me whatsoever. And the internalization and the personalization a lot, a lot of times, um, it, it just destroys me and twists what's going on to a point where I don't even, you know, I just don't even know what the hell's going on. And 
and I just destroy myself emotionally and agonize. And and it, it turns out the entire time it wasn't even real. It wasn't even reality. And I inflicted that destruction upon myself and oftentimes in my past upon other people around me for no damn reason whatsoever. You know, other than I got butthurt for something that really was not even that, you know, whatever my interpretation was. And so, you know, that, you know, realization and acceptance, accepting the responsibility of that has helped me a lot in being able to have a basis to say, yeah, I don't feel it right now, but based on past history, I can safely probably bet that whatever impression I have is wrong, that what's going on is not what I think, that my emotional outburst has nothing to do with the person that I'm talking to, but might be very likely related to something in my distant past, and that I have that history already that I know that has happened before, that I can take a step back and say with, com- with some confidence that it, that's probably what's going on right now. And so, you know, and, and having that pattern repeat itself over and over again helps you build those healthy, that healthy habit of, you know, of being able to have some critical thinking about what's going on and to control your actions and reactions and not let everything be so knee jerk. And so it's, it's, it's been very interesting to see, um, you know, that the emotions that I'm feeling just to see how much they can influence my reality is just so disturbing sometimes. And, but I'm getting better at managing it. You know, I mean, the the intensity of the emotions are always going to be there. There's no changing that. And if I had the choice between feeling nothing and feeling all these emotions, and I have been where I've been so medicated, I felt nothing. In the end, I'd rather have these emotions, you know, and learn how to deal with them than to feel nothing at all. To have no motivation, no, you know, nothing worth living for, you know. So... So I'm going to take these emotions and accept them uh, as what they are, you know, and realize that the floodgates will open and close at random intervals for whatever reason whatsoever. And that despite how intense and how overwhelming they can be, they don't have to rule my actions or my decision making. I don't have to let them rule my relationships. And... And that's kind of a, that is a bit of a breakthrough for me. And, and it's not, you know, and I'm not mastering this like right now. I mean, I'm still practicing and learning this and I got a long way ahead of me, but I do have now some hope that I am going in the right direction for a change and that I'm establishing healthy habits and healthy uh, barriers uh, you know, around me and around my emotions and my reactions and actions. And that the excess overwhelming emotions will pass. It's not going to last forever. These bursts, you know, even if it's going to be a day or so, you know, that I'm going to feel these overwhelming emotions or sometimes just a couple hours, 
eventually they always pass. And then when the uh, when the storms passed, you know, there's a lot, of, you know, oftentimes there's been destruction left and right because of it. And actually this time though, because I didn't act out, uh, I don't have to feel the guilt of having to pick up the pieces and repair relationships uh, because I went off uh, all hog wild on a bad impression. And so it, this time around with my success in, you know, kind of stepping back and looking at everything in a different way, um, I was able to, you know, really practice, you know, practice what I have been studying for several months now and be, be successful at it for, you know, for a change. And, and that hope that it gives me that, you know, maybe I can start managing this, you know, all these emotions and, uh, you know, I mean, it'll still be hard, but at least I got a chance of not effing up my life further um, with, you know, this flood of emotions skewering my reality. If you, uh, you know, if you are a loved one or suffering, you know, like this, uh, going through this kind of stuff, you need to get some help. You got to talk to somebody. Medication, you know, is great. Medication and compliance, full compliance of right route, right dose, right time is essential part of your care uh, with mental illness. But... Medication is not a silver bullet and it is not a cure-all. A lot of times there's going to be, uh, and the majority of the time there is going to have to be some work on your end, uh, you know, with a therapist uh, a lot of times to work through a lot of issues that you have going on wired in your brain. And so, you know, don't just rest on medication and say, hey, I'm taking my pills. Everything's going to be all right now. You know, you got to remember too is that you got to do some legwork on your own too. The medication gives you some breathing room from what's going on uh, with your mental illness so that you can have that opportunity to back up, that it's not right up in your face, and that you can push back a little bit and say, no, I am not going down this road again. You know, no, I'm not going to allow you to override my, um, your, you know, these emotions to override my view of reality and to destroy Everything that I've worked so hard to rebuild and to build upon in the last seven years, you know, uh, in my recovery. And, uh, but, you know, if you are going through this, there is hope. There is a way around it. There is a way to fight through it. It's not going to be easy, but it's there and not to give up on it. I want to thank everybody who has been supporting me and listening in and keeping track of what's been going on with me. Um, you know, we're in a, a fifth season now, five years been doing this podcast. You know, last season was very little, um, but I'm very happy to kind of start getting back into this again and, and kind of finding my voice again about what I want to talk about and discuss with this, uh, with this show. And so, you know, if you, um, Want to help out, you know, I love to have some words of encouragement, you know, check out thebipolardm.com, uh, you know, send me emails or messages if you have any questions or anything you'd like me to talk about or explain further, uh, thebipolardm at gmail.com. But, um, you know, in the end of the day, you know, 
you got to remember, you know, that mental illness does not have to always rule your life, that there is a way to fight it and to resist and to manage it and to, um, and to find acceptance and peace with it too, which has been a hard thing for me to do uh, over the years. But remember, um, you know, take responsibility for your actions and reactions and remind yourself that you can take a step back and take a breather in deciding these, you know, deciding on how you perceive something, how you act about something or react about it. So, you know, thank you again for listening. And remember, uh, everybody, take your meds. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio.